Euro steps podcast. Euro steps. Euro steps. Euro steps. Euro steps. Euro steps. Euro steps. Euro stepping on the fast break. Gentlemen, gentlewomen, you're listening to the Euro Step Podcast, and we're coming to you from France. I got a I got a super hooper on the line today, man. I got a guy that uh. I met met back in his hometown back in the back in my D League days. Uh, I know it's been kind of a common theme as of late, but please give a nice Euro step welcome for my man Chris Kramer. Chris, what up, bro? What's up, man? How you doing, man? Everything's good my way, man. Congrats on the win yesterday. That was a that was a big one for y'all. Yeah, it was a big win. Uh, you know, got us in second position um, right now with one more game to play um, in this Euro Cup. Um, round so you know if we win this next game in Limoges um, you know we'll be second place um, in our bracket and then you know, we just have to figure out you know where we're gonna head um, you know next round right uh, looking at y'all group man you guys got a you guys got a tough group and like not even just like the teams but like the places y'all have to play man these are some these are some you know at least the environments you know what i'm saying like going and playing to these teams on the road man these are like some of the teams were historically like you know great crowds and things of that nature man it's got to be tough to win on the road in y'all group yeah that's what when you know when we you know saw our you know the group and you know we're playing in places with you know, rich basketball histories and traditions. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Partizan, they have great fans. You know, Locomotive, you know, they've won the Euro Cup. You know, they've, you know, done really well in the Euro League. And, you know, um, Berlin, they have, you know, great fans. Um, you know, our home fans are great. You know, Bilbao has a great basketball tradition. Um, you know, Limoges, you know, same thing. And, um, you know, so it's been definitely tough for us. You know, we've won some games on the road. Um, You know, we've lost some games on the road. But, you know, those environments have definitely um, helped us become a better team and, um, you know, really start, you know, preparing ourselves for, you know, the second round of Euro Cup. And, you know, as we progress towards the end of the season, it'll, you know, really help us, you know, as we get into the playoffs. Right. What do you think? What do you think Locomotive has done or, you know, what has made them so good to be able to be undefeated in this group? I mean, obviously they have a, a huge budget, um, you know, that obviously helps. But, um, you know, they're very deep as a team. And they just have a lot of guys that, um, you know, buy into the way that, um, you know, Sasha Obradovich, um likes to play. You know, they run a lot of, you know, top pick and rolls. And on defense, you know, they just get after it. And, um, you know, they make it really hard on you to score. And if you turn it over, take a bad shot, they're punishing you on the on the other end and um you know they just have a lot of great pieces that you know blend well together and they make it hard um for the other team uh defensively to match up yeah uh i was able to watch i watched them i watched, I watched them when they came down to uh limoges and they played uh they played against limoges and you know they definitely i could tell the way the coach coaches he makes sure those guys are fresh <laughs> you know what i'm saying like <laughs> they get like you know they get they get some runs going in i remember joe raglan was killing this game and it's funny because the person i went with i had a bet that loco was gonna win so raglan will like he'll be killing uh-uh, like bucket and one uh assist whatever it was and then the coach would just take him out and i'm like yo he's grooving right now but I can tell, like, his focus got to be straight defense because he's taking guys out. He don't care what's going on on offense. He wants them fresh legs on the other end. Yeah, that's – I mean, you know, there's one thing with, you know, with 
Coach Obradovich, and, you know, you're going to, you know, he wants you to play defense. You know, the stuff on the offensive end, um, you know, that's a different story. But, you know, if you're not if you're not defending, you know, you're not going to play. And, you know, I'm sure all those guys know that. And, um, you know, but like I said, they do have such a deep team. So, you know, even if he is, you know, just grooving, you know, they might just throw another guy in, get him a quick break, and then, you know, throw him back in there again and, you know, try to get him where, you know, to pick up where he left off. But, you know, defense is definitely huge for, you know, for Coach Obradovich. For sure. I can tell that. But let's switch gears and go to let's move to Lithuania. You know, you guys are uh, you know you guys caught like four losses. Now, do you think that you guys caught those losses because you, maybe you overlooked like the domestic games when you know because obviously like Euro Cup is you know such a big deal. Like you know, I'm sure. I mean, we can say what we want, but being honest, like the bigger games, you know, guys get up for those. You know what I'm saying? You think some of the losses you guys took in the Lithuanian league were because uh, maybe you guys had overlooked them or whatever it was, or you just got outplayed those days? Um, You know, of our four losses, you know, one game I'll say, you know, we overlooked our opponent. Um, You know, we lost to Zalgris at home, you know, who's a EuroLeague team. So, um. You know, that's not, you know, a bad loss. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our first game of the year in the Lithuanian League, we played Likabalis, who plays in the Euro Cup, and they just they just trounced us, man. It was um, – we couldn't do anything right. We couldn't throw the ball in the ocean if we were, you know, on the boat. And, um, you know, we tried to play fast. That didn't work. And, you know, they were just scoring a will. We had a lot of imperfections in our defense that we've – um, fix and we've gotten a lot better, you know, since then. Um, and then we lost to, uh, Neptunus, who plays in the Champions League. And we were actually like winning the game with like 10 points at halftime. And then we just tricked it off. Mm. Um, you know, so we have, you know, those four losses, you know, a couple of those are on us. Um, but, you know, I'd say, you know, the losses to Igris at home and then, um, the loss to Lacobulus, um, you know, just, you know, we just lost those games. Right. And what are your what are your thoughts on the Lithuanian league? Because obviously you played in Germany for like six years, um, which was the bulk of your career so far. So what do you what differences do you see between the German and the Lithuanian league? Um, Well, there's so many more teams in the German league. I mean, there's only, I think, 10 teams here in the Lithuanian league. And I would say now with, you know, the way Germany's being so secure financially. Um, you know, a lot of guys are going there because they know they're going to get their money. So I'd say from top to bottom, um, the German league is probably uh, more competitive. Um, the Lithuanian league is very top heavy. Um, you know, like the, the top, you know, three, four teams, um, you know, are the best teams. And that's normally how it is every year. Um, and then you have some teams at the bottom that, you know, all of their wins are when they play each other. Um, you know, I mean, you have the team Vitalitis or whatever who, you know, signed the Ball Brothers, you know, has the publicity stunt to get more money to try to, you know, attract sponsors. And yeah, stuff. I heard I heard they were having some money problems. And then, uh... yeah, so, you know, I mean, you know, people are looking for, you know, any way to, you know, to, to come up with some money and, you know, signing. You know, uh, LaMelo and, you know, LiAngelo was their, 
you know, there's publicity stunt, you know, they're like selling the rights for, you know, like 50,000 euros or something to a U.S. company for maybe Jersey sales or something is what we've heard. So what what are your thoughts on that whole thing though, with the with them just coming over the hoop? Like, what what are your thoughts on it? I mean, first of all, you know, we'll start with, um, you know, the kid that's supposed to be in high school right now. Right. I mean, I would never understand taking my kid out of out of high school. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's a price for education. I mean, and. You know, I understand he wants to play basketball and, you know, his dad wants him to play, you know, and be a professional. But, you know, he needs that education. I mean, you know, eventually when the ball stops bouncing, what's he going to have to, you know, to look back on? Obviously, you know, his dad has high aspirations. He's, you know, they're going to play for the Lakers, you know, whatever. But, like, you know, there's certain things that can happen, you know, that can, you know, derail you know, what's, you, you know, your, your thoughts on what's going to happen in his career. And, you know, I just think that high school education, you know, at the minimum is, you know, very valuable for a kid and, you know, for everyone essentially. So I don't understand that. And then the, uh, LiAngelo, I think, um, I mean, from what I hear, I really have no idea. I haven't ever seen him play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know how he got to UCLA. They basically, a lot of people are saying he's a mid-major player. Um, but, you know, if they want to play and, you know, maybe it works out for them, you know, they can come here, you know, maybe play well and maybe make, make the next step and, um, you know, enjoy it. But I just don't, under, you know, I don't get coming from L.A. to, um, you know, this team in Lithuania where it's essentially a village with like 10,000 people. Right. I mean, it's culture shock is going to be, is going to be real. Right. So yeah. I, mean, I think it's going to be a real tough transition for them. And they can say that, um, that the money doesn't matter all they want, but, um, you know, and you're over here and you're playing for peanuts and you're in a city with 10,000 people, you know, if you're not getting that money that's coming in, you know, you're not, you know, nobody wants to play for free. I'm mean, not just the, the reality of it. Especially when you got a, a Ferrari or whatever it is back home sitting <laughs> in your garage. Like, you know what I'm saying? It, it makes it a little harder to be in that village, my brother. Like, that's, I mean, the whole situation is crazy to me. I mean, these guys are from my area. So obviously, you know, I hear a little, I hear things, you know, from behind the scenes from time to time. But my whole thing is like, especially with the young one, like, all right, he's young. You know, he's got some skill for for his age, without a doubt. But, I mean, you're playing up against grown men. Like, you know, and I, I was even telling, like, some of my teammates, like, it's like you go to Lithuania. And, and let's, let's just put it in this context. Like, you got a 16-year-old kid going up against, you know, a, a Chris Kramer. You know what I'm saying? A known defender. Like, you know, it's not bums out here. You know, and I feel mm-hmm. like a people in the United States are like, oh, it's Lithuania. You know, nobody's good out there or whatever it is. But... It's going to be, I think it's going to be tough for these kids. And no, they're not going to get their heads beat in every game. You know, they're going to figure it out. They're going to adjust and, you know, find a way to have some good games. But I think a lot of their problems are going to come off the court, being bored, not understanding, you know, the food, the money being late, uh, the language, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be tough for them. And then waking up, having to practice and, uh, I think it's going to be it's going to be crazy. But do you think that, you know, maybe even for yourself or for other players, because these guys are coming in with all these hype, 
you know, low-key a publicity stunt and all this other stuff. You think guys are going to carry that chip into the game playing against them? Because, I mean, nobody wants to be on that highlight tape. Like, you know, these kids come out and start killing. Nobody wants to be on that tape. So you almost got to kind of be on high alert when they're on the court. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think, you know, I mean, I don't know. From what I've read, like, I don't know if they'll play in the LKL, like, the Lithuanian league that we play. You know, this team plays in um, a Baltic league where they play against, they're saying, lower competition teams um, from around the area. Um, so they said they're probably going to play there, and then, you know, depending on how they play, like, try to integrate them into the LKL. But, you know, I think for sure, I mean, nobody wants to be on the highlight reel where, um, you know, you're getting crossed up, you know, they're hitting threes in your face, and, you know, you just can't guard them. I mean, those big guys coming, you know, coming to the ball screen on defense, they're going to crack them. You know, I mean, they'll take an illegal screen one time, knock him down, you know, walk over him. Um, on defense, people are going to pick him up full court and just hound him. I mean, you know, nobody wants to uh, to be on the highlight reel. And, you know, since they are so young and, um, you know, teams are, you know, if they come off pick and roll, they're going to trap them. I mean, they're going to get posted up on, you know, the – uh, the young ones will get posted up every possession by a guard. I mean, it's just, you know, it's going to be a different piece for them. And, you know, the high school kid already doesn't want to play defense. So, right. I mean, you know, you can't come down and shoot it from half court, um, you know, being 16, 17, whatever, how old he is, um, you know, with grown men, it's not going to fly. You know, they might get, there might be fights in practice. I mean, you never <laughs> yeah. know what's going to happen, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's I mean, true. You know, man. So, you know, people don't want to. You know, definitely don't want to be on the highlight reel. But then again, guys on his teammates don't want to be, you know, overshadowed essentially by you know a young kid too. You know, that could you know there could be problems there. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the whole ball family media storm is definitely gonna. Uh, it's definitely gonna have some weight on you know how people look at these cats. But you know, it all remains to be seen, and I guess we'll see that. We got that. We got that to look forward to in uh, twenty eighteen. I guess. <laughs> But uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But let's move off the court for a minute, man. Let's uh let's get into to Chris Kramer, the human being. What do you do in your free time overseas? We got all this time. What do you do? <laughs> man, we don't have a lot of time. We practice all the time. Do you? Um we practice, yeah. We practice about twice a day, almost every day. Now it's two real practices uh, or y'all like lifting shooting in the morning and sometimes I mean, we lift maybe once a week, maybe twice, depending. Okay. Um, but we'll be in there you know, twice, sometimes tape twice. It just yeah. it just depends on, you know, kind of how we're playing essentially and or who we play next. Um, but off the court, you know, me and my wife, uh, you know, we're expecting. Um, oh, congrats on that, man. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So, you know, um, we're about 36 weeks along. So, you know, we're expecting um, our baby girl, our first born. Um, so, you know, we're trying to get everything ready, um, for that, you know, for her to be here and, um, you know, for the most part, you know, we just try to, um, you know, go out and, you know, see, you know, try some new restaurants, you know, we watch a bunch of TV shows and, um, you know, we've went around and walked around Vilnius a little bit, but, uh, you know, with not a lot of time and traffic being crazy, you know, you can't really, you know, do a whole lot on an off day. Right. Yeah, I think uh, 
it's always it, it's always important to uh you know cherish your free time overseas man you know whether you got a lot or a little bit man it's it's crazy and then you know for i've been on teams where you know we practice twice a day and it's funny because it's like you get that 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 day where you get that one practice man it feel like a day off like <laughs> i got half the day off like you just feel like i got so much time what am i gonna do i can't nap today <laughs> oh, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah whatever yeah. like today we only have one practice and it's just like like man let's you know i mean besides the fact that it's snowing something fierce outside mm. but like you know you just like I got it. We got to get as much stuff in today as we can, because you know who knows when we're going to get this day. You know, a half, you know, half a day off, or you know, even a full day off again. Right. Well, you used to the snow though. Like you come from Indiana, <laughs> the the snow can't be too bad for you. You should feel at home. It should be like some level of comfort there with the snow though. <laughs> you know, I don't mind it. Okay. Um, but just you know, once it starts getting slushy, and then I mean, it's already like freezing here. You know, I don't. You know, I don't mind driving in it, but, like, these people in Lithuania, they're crazy. They be just weaving in and out of traffic. What? Yeah, it's, you know, snow, it doesn't matter. I mean, they're just, you know, they're in a hurry. You know, it's like we're in New York or something. <laughs> you got to get somewhere as fast <laughs> as possible. They got somewhere to be, man. That's funny, yeah. man, because the snow, like, I mean, even, like, like here in France, like, it gets cold. Like, I come from Cali. Like, I see everybody, yeah. you know, French is fashion capital. Everybody got their scarves yeah. and stuff. I don't even know how to tie a scarf. Like, you know, I, I get my hoodie, you know what I mean? I might, I might tie the little strings, and that's it. I'm good, you know what I mean? That's just yeah. how I move in the wintertime. But going back to Indiana, it's funny because, all right, my, my uncle lives out there. He lived out there forever out in Fort Wayne, and my mom lived out there for some time. So uh, I actually got an Indiana driver's license still to this day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to keep it forever, too. But nah, um, but Indiana, like, I, I remember when I was there, like, I used to think that, like, basketball was invented there because, you know, the basketball history is so thick in Indiana. But it was actually <laughs> invented in Massachusetts. But yeah. there's two things I want to touch on. Uh, now... Larry Bird, obviously he's one of the biggest players to ever play basketball, period. But, you know, he comes out of Indiana. And when I was there, everybody had like a Larry Bird story. You know what I'm saying? Like one guy told me he was like, man, Larry Bird, he used to warm up and he used to go on the baseline. Like I'm not talking about the baseline inbounds. I'm talking about like the baseline, like almost on the baseline. And he used to Mm -hmm. shoot off the the side of the backboard. He used to shoot from three off the side of the backboard. And he would shoot. Uh, and if it came back to him, he wanted 10, ten shots in a row to come to make the ball come straight back to him. Like you're shooting yeah. off that rectangle. So obviously mm-hmm. if it hits the corner, it's going to go left or right. If you shoot it straight, it's going to come straight back to you. So somebody told me that. And I was like, wow, really? So I tried to do it. I couldn't do it. So, and I was just like, man, like if he really did that, like I understand why he was such a great shooter. Do you have any Larry Bird stories that you've heard? That was crazy. Nah, I haven't heard anything crazy. Um, I just, you know, I guess the only thing I've heard was like, you know, there'd be times where, um, you know, he'd be like chain smoking, you know, like, you know, before, you know, games or after games and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I just never understood. I mean, guys in Europe do it all the time. Right. You know, and. I just don't understand how you can do that and then go out there and play and, uh, you know, perform at, you know, a high level. I mean, if you, you know, if it's true, I mean, geez, I mean, he was a beast, you know, you know, smoking that pack a day. Yeah. I mean, just imagine, 
you know, what he could have been, you know, if he didn't. I mean, but yeah, that, I don't really have anything. That's the only thing I've ever heard. But yeah, I mean that Larry Legend, Larry French Legend, Lick, man. French Lick, Indiana, man, and, and you know it's it. I've always been like a huge Larry Bird fan. I watch like you know I watch like the ESPN classics, like any Larry Bird games. I'm gonna watch it, but mm-hmm. I, I could only imagine what it was like watching him like back then, like in his prime or at Indiana State. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I mean that could have. I mean even in high school, man. Like, I mean that that was probably just a sight in itself but even even doing research on indiana basketball and stuff like that i realized (laughs) again it wasn't invented in indiana but they had the first game it was one of the places where they had like the first basketball game and because the weather was so cold and things of that nature people weren't really into football baseball never boomed and Mm -hmm. basketball became like you know this this craze and they said the first game was i think it was in 1894 and they said they had 300 people attend that game that's crazy for 1894 <laughs> the first basketball game you had 300 people like you're not even getting that at some d-league games man yeah for sure that 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 just blew my mind and then let's like you know being in indiana you see these arenas for high school games and you got thousands and thousands of people like that's just crazy i mean the hoop crazy in indiana is second to none man yeah i think um at speed field house in uh, fort wayne mm-hmm. I want to say like 10 of the top, I might be wrong, 10 of the top 20 or biggest arenas for high school are in the state of Indiana. Wow. Um, You know, they have places that just have, you know, that can see, you know, massive amounts of people that, you know, they host tournaments or, you know, the teams that have big traditions that, you know, they can fill them out when they, you know, have a big game and, um, you know, basketball is indiana i mean that's you know what i've always thought um you know there's all types of um you know great players that come out of indiana but there's all type of great players that come out of in you know all over the place right but um you know i just think you know being from there maybe i'm a little biased but you know they have some of the best coaches you know growing you know through the high school level and everything and uh um, you know, just a lot of great teachers that, you know, teach you the game, teach you the right way to play and, um, you know, teach you those fundamentals to, you know, really jumpstart you and, you know, kind of get you in the right direction. And then, um, you know, the fans and everything are, you know, awesome in high school and then <clears throat> even into college and, um, you know, even in the pros. I mean, you know, you know, I feel like everyone has, you know, great fans in the state of Indiana and. Um, you know, basketball is really second to none. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely one of a kind, and I can tell from the uh, you know, from the players that you know I can recognize that are from Indiana. Man, they all they all seem to have like a complete game, and you know that maybe that speaks to you know, like you're saying, they have really good high school coaches and whatnot. Like you know, you don't really you don't always have like that super flash like let's say uh like east coast guards or anything like that but you know what i'm saying it's uh man it's just it, you you got a lot of like well-rounded basketball players coming out of indiana but oh yo, for sure but yo 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 hold on hold on this reminds me this reminds me this is a this is a little kind of off topic kind of in topic this is a little conversation we was having in the locker room answer this though would you rather would you rather get crossed and dropped for game 
Or would you rather get and one dunked on? Y'all up by two. And one dunked on. He gets the free throw. Tie game. He's going to make the free throw. 90% shooter. Which one would you rather have? Mm. Which one is worse? Which one is worse? <laughs> I don't know which one. I don't know which one is worse. Cross and oh. drop for the game winning jumper or dunked on and one by a 90% foul shooter. So he's going to make it. You know what? I'm taking, I'd rather get dunked on than get crossed like that. Ooh. Well, just, why you, why know, you say that though? The fact, you know, at least, you know, you try to play, you try to come over and block it. You know, you just, you know, maybe mistimed it or, you know, <laughs> he got you. Um, but being crossed, I mean, you're out there on an island and, you know, he puts you in the blender and you go down. <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I would rather get dunked on. At least you're coming, you know, you're trying to block the shot, you know, something. He might have just got you, but, you know, getting dropped, you know, for the game, you know, like uh, Kimba Walker did to, like, Gary right. McGee or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather get dunked on for sure. Yeah. I, I, I just mean, it's, felt- a tough, it's tough either way. I mean, I'd rather, you know, I'd rather, you know, block the dunk and it not happen, but. You know. I, I just feel like, you know, when somebody gets dunked on, especially when it's an and one and not don't let it be an and one for game, everything yeah. stops. Like, sure. you know what I'm saying? Like the refs, <laughs> for some reason, the refs can't find the basketball. You know what I'm saying? The coach is trying to find a sub. Everything stops when somebody gets dunked on for whatever reason. And it's like, I feel like on a cross and drop, like things, it happens to everybody like, ooh, but things kind of keep moving. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. You know, so that that's what makes that question so tough is like, you know, the level of embarrassment, is, I mean, it's bad either way, but. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I, I just pray it ain't me one day. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with you. <laughs> you know, in this latter part happen. of my career, I, I just pray. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Carmen, don't come back to get me. <laughs> I don't know what I've done in the past, but don't come back to get me. Not on, the, not during those 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but what's one thing, like, in your basketball career that you haven't done that you want to do before you retire, speaking of that? Uh, you know, I want to play in the EuroLeague. Um, you know, you just, especially now it's so prestigious, you know, with, you know, they've cut it down and, um, you know, just to see, you know, cause you hear, you know, it's the second best league in the world. I mean, I want to see, I want to see what it's about. Right. You know, I mean, and obviously there, you know, you're playing for a bigger team and, you know, for the most part of, you know, a legit city in Europe and, uh, you know, it's obviously better than. You know, say like with the Ball Brothers going to like, you know, Vital or you know Priene or whatever in right. a little village in Lithuania. I mean, you can go and you know you're seeing all these amazing cities playing against amazing teams with, you know, just amazing basketball histories and you know all the players that have you know been there that maybe jumped to the NBA or you know have you know are just Euro League legends. Um, you know, that's one thing I definitely want to do. Um, you know, before my career is over. Oh, okay. Now, now that's a, you know, that's dope. And I think it's always, you know, I think it's always important to kind of, you know, keep those goals and keep those motivations, especially towards the end of your career. I mean, you know, like I said, you know, for guys like us, like, you know, the book's going to be closing within the next five, seven years, whatever it may be, God willing. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's a, 
it's important to get as much out of this game as you can, you know, while you still got the legs, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, we're definitely blessed to, you know, have this opportunity. We've been able to see the world and, right. um, you know, this game has paid us, you know, well for, you know, playing a game that we love so much. And, um, you know, so you have to, you know, try to cash in and just, um, you know, not take anything for granted. And, um, you know, but you still have to have goals and you still have to, you know, every off season try to push yourself um you know every season go out there and you know and play like it is a contract year you know so right. you can go out there and you know try to make that next step you know whatever that step is and um you know whether it be financially or you know to a better team you know or you know hopefully you know it's a better team and it's more money right um but you know those goals are definitely important you know for you know, young kids and even, you know, guys like us who, you know, their career maybe, you know, heading towards, you know, the downswing. Right. Right. Now I got, I got two more, I'm going to call it passionate questions. You know what I'm saying? Like the last one. But mm-hmm. before I get into those, I need, I need to ask you something. We need, we need to get into uh, uh, something a little more aggressive. Now you've been, you've been a defender like your whole career. Mm-hmm. Now I want to know, like, as a defender, now, all right, there are guys that go out there and they, you know, they play defense. They play defense. They try to play defense. Now you're a hell of a defender. What what goes through your head, like, in the game? Because some people are just like, okay, you know, is it like, all right, my man is not scoring. Is it, uh, I'm just gonna give him a whole night of hell and just keep the pressure up? Like, what goes through your mind each game defensively? What are some of the things that you know you're thinking about, or you know, whatever it may be. You know, I think it's definitely uh, changed, you know, from, you know, my days in college, you know, as I've, um, you know, became a pro and, have, you know, you know, became, you know, more of a vet. Um, you know, at the beginning, I was like, you know, I'm going to, you know, you know, pressure this dude full court. I'm missing the Hawking and, you know, he's not going to score. I'm going to, you know, um, you know, be like a. You know, like there's blood in the water. I'm just gonna mm. attack him. You know, I'm gonna make it. You know, I'm gonna make it hell for him all night. Um, you know, but you know, as the season gets on, you know, it's like, man, I'm not. You know, I'm not 19, 20 years old anymore. Like, yeah. you know, the season gets on. You're like, man, I don't have it right now. You know, like, all right, I just gotta, I gotta keep him in front. Gotta make him take tough shots. Yeah. And uh, you know, so I think it kind of depends on who you're guarding. You know, yeah. what their skill set is. You know, you have to definitely play to the scouting report. And, um, you know, some guys you're able to get up there um, and just hawk them 40, you know, you know, 94 feet. Um, but then there's other guys, you know, you're playing against some, you know, maybe a New York City guard or something. He's going to put you in the blender. Yeah. You know, you got to maybe keep your distance, um, you know, still be close enough for the jump shot, but, you know, not be so close or it's just a blow by or, you know. He definitely mixes you up and, you know, you turn around and you go left, he goes right. And, you know, he's laying it up and, you know, coaches, you know, ripping you from the sidelines, you know, telling you to play defense. But, right. um, you know, I would say my mentality has definitely changed. But, um, you know, you know, so many ball screens, um, you know, you can still be a great defender and, you know, your guy can still, you know, go off and score points. I mean, depending on how your team plays defense. and Right. 
um, how the opposing team, if they're good screen setters, if your you know opponent's good at setting you up on the ball screen and stuff. Um, so you know, I mean, it's definitely tough, but it's you know my mentality has definitely changed. But I still try to get out there and you know pressure the ball. But definitely, you know, everything now is more uh, scattered and forward oriented. Uh, spoken like a true vet. Spoken like a true vet. Now that's dope. <laughs> I always wanted that because you know I love. I remember I played with a Preston Knowles from a you know mm-hmm. he played in Louisville. Hell of a yeah, defender. He's, a, he's one of very good defender. One of the best defenders I've ever seen from the guard position. And then when we played together, I used to always ask him questions about defense. And he's a little he's a little psycho when it comes to defense. Like he just. <laughs> He just doesn't care. He's just going to go. Yeah. He does wild stuff. He's like, I gamble. I don't care. I'm going to make up for it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. He, uh, but yeah, it, it's just funny. I like talking to different defenders, man, guys with good defense, you know, just, just to kind of see, you know, what's going through their head and stuff like that. But, yeah. No, nah, that's dope. But all right, my last two questions. We're going to get into the passion of things. What do you feel is your best basketball moment? Oh, man. As a pro? Period. Your whole basketball life. What what has been your ba- best basketball, basketball moment? Um, I would say winning like the Big Ten in the Big Ten tournament when I was in college. Okay. Um, you know, I think those moments. Um, you know, spending so much time, you know, with all of those guys. Um, you know, grinding every day. Um, in the summer, you know, they, you know, all year round you know, working for that one goal and, uh, you know, achieving that was, you know, something very special. And, um, you know, you get the hardware, you get the banner up in the arena, you know, something that, you know, nobody can ever take away from you. Mm. Um, you know, I think those, you know, those moments are definitely something, you know, I'll definitely cherish the rest of my life and are definitely, um, you know, some of the best, um, you know, in my basketball career. Okay, and what is and what do you love most about the game? Like, what gets you to to wake up for that second practice and you know go out there and enjoy it or whatever it may be? Yeah, I just I love I love to compete. You know, this is you know I hate to lose, whether it be you know in like you know we're playing ping pong or like you know anything. I hate to lose, so. You know, just that pure competitiveness, you know, you know, me versus you, but then my team versus your team, you know, we're going out and, you know, we're going to go out there and we're going to try to win, you know, in everything that we do, um, you know, in every facet of the game. And, you know, that is what drives me, um, you know, because I feel like, you know, if I can set a tone, you know, maybe individually against my guy, you know, it can be contagious and, you know, you can raise a level of everyone around you. And, um, you know, once, you know, you guys get some steals or, you know, get some stops, you guys can run. Um, the game just becomes more fun. Everyone's, you know, feeling good. Everyone's, you know, getting touches, everyone's scoring the ball. Um, you know, that contagious, um, atmosphere just goes around and, you know, the fans get, are going crazy. Um, you know, your team's feeling good. Um, you know, that sheer, com- the sheer competitiveness is, you know, individually and as a team is something that, you know, you know, I just live and, you know, I love about this game. Dang, that's dope, man. Well, Chris, man, I gotta, 
I got to thank you for a great interview, man. I, I appreciate you stopping by the podcast, man. And, man, uh, man, no, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for, for having me on. I, without a doubt, man. I hope you, uh, I wish you all the, the health and wealth moving forward, man. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. I'll, good luck to you. I appreciate hope it. Hope you stay safe and, uh, you know, it's the rest of the season. Season progresses for you as well. I appreciate it. And everybody back home, please like, retweet, subscribe, do what you got to do, and uh, stay tuned for what we got next. And we out. Girl steps, 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 girl steps